The first of my posts was a focused summary of Part 5, Chapter 4. In defending Sonia against illusion, Raskolnikov was moved not just by strong personal feeling, but by a desire for relief from the anguish tormenting his own heart. He was agitated by his impending confession to her and the suffering it would bring him, but from his triumph over illusion he felt vigorous. By the time he reaches Sonia's door, he is again racked by fear and doubt. He wonders if he ought to tell her, and feels simultaneously that he cannot help telling her. To cut short his hesitation, he opens the door quickly, and Sonia greets him as though she were expecting him. She had been waiting to ask him what would have become of her without him. He responds with trembling voice, that it is because of her social position that this all happened. She looks distressed, and asks him not to talk as he did the day before, smiling so that he does not take offense at the reproach. She expresses regret for leaving Katerina Ivanovna's, and asks what is happening there now. Raskolnikov says that she ran off to seek justice, and Sonia tells him that they must go there at once. He chides her for everlastingly thinking of them, and asks her to stay, saying Katerina Ivanovna will surely come to her. Sonia sits in painful suspense. Raskolnikov tells her that Luzhin could have sent her to prison, and reminds her what he said the day before about what would happen then. Then he asks her a question. If she had known all of Luzhin's plans beforehand— and that they would be the ruin of her family, and she had the power to decide whether he or they should die, how would she decide? Sonia feels that he is approaching some other issue in a roundabout way. She demands incredulously why he asks about what could not happen, how she can know the divine providence, how it can possibly come to be that she should decide who should die and who should live. She pleads with him to say straight out what he wants. He confesses, weakly, that he asked the question for his own sake, because he wants her forgiveness. Suddenly, a feeling of bitter hatred for Sonia passes through his heart. But, raising his head, looking in her eyes, and seeing love, the hatred vanishes. He sits down on her bed beginning to feel as he did in the moments before the murder, that he mustn't lose another minute. Sonia sits softly beside him, her heart throbbing. His lips work as if to utter something, but he cannot speak. Sonia feels terror and draws away from him. Raskolnikov asks himself aloud why he came to torture her, and she mutters in distress about how he must be suffering. He says that, as he vowed the day before, he came to tell her who killed Lizaveta. Her face grows pale, and she breathes painfully as she asks how he could know. He tells her to guess, and a shudder passes over her. He looks at her intently, saying that he must know the murderer well, that it was an accident, that the murderer did not mean to kill Lizaveta, but only the old pawnbroker. Then, 
feeling as if he were flinging himself down from a steeple. He asks if she can now guess, and he says, Take a good look. Looking into Sonia's face, he sees the face of Lizaveta. With the same expression of childish terror, Sonia too shrinks back, holding out her little hands and looking as if she would cry. She presses her fingers against his breast and shrinks back. He asks if she has guessed, and she wails, Good God! A moment later, she gets up, seizes his hands in her thin fingers, and looks into his face with hope. But she sees only confirmation that it is all true, and that she had foreseen it. Raskolnikov begs her not to torture him. She walks around, wringing her hands, and suddenly falls to her knees as if she had been stabbed. She throws her arms around him and asks, "'What have you done to yourself?' He calls her strange for hugging him when he had told her about that. She weeps hysterically, saying there is no one in the world so unhappy as him. A feeling long unfamiliar floods his heart and softens it, and tears hang on his eyelashes. She promises she will never leave him, and asks why he did not come to her before. She says she will follow him to Siberia, and he recoils, looking at her with a haughty smile, saying, perhaps he does not want to go to Siberia. In his changed tone, she hears the murderer speaking. She looks at him bewildered and asks how he could have done it. He answers wearily, to plunder. She grasps at the hope that he did it for money, to help his mother, and then used that money to help Katerina Ivanovna but she feels a sudden horror to learn where the money came from. He reassures her that what he gave them was his own. He tells her that if he had stolen because he was hungry, he would be happy now, and he wonders again whether he came to her to confess that he had done wrong. He had come to her to ask him to go away with him, and he suddenly understands where he wanted her to go, but he thinks she will not understand. He marvels over how she can embrace him when he came to her because he couldn't bear his own burden and wanted to throw it on her. She says again that he is suffering, and again a wave of the unfamiliar feeling softens his heart. He calls himself a mean wretch for coming to her. Feeling as if he had reached a conclusion, he tells her he killed Lizaveta because he wanted to be a Napoleon, and he asks if she understands. She whispers that she doesn't, but begs him to continue speaking so she will. He explains that he had tortured himself over the question of whether a Napoleon would have brought himself to kill some ridiculous old hag if he needed her money to begin his career. Would he have felt a pang at its being far from monumental and sinful? Then, one day it struck him that it would not have given a Napoleon the least pang, that he would not even have thought about it, and he too left off thinking about it, 
and murdered her. But he then calls all that nonsense. He says instead that all his mother's hopes had been centered on him, and that he had no prospect of keeping her and his sister in comfort. So, he resolved to gain possession of the old woman's money to make himself independent and relieve the burden on his family, though of course in killing the old woman he did wrong. Sonia shakes her head, crying that that's not it, that that's not right. He says it is the truth, and that though it isn't right, he only killed a louse. She responds simply, a human being, a louse? He calls that nonsense, too, and says his head aches. Exhaustion can be seen through his feverish eyes and delirious excitement. A new train of thought rouses Raskolnikov, and he says, better yet, to imagine that he is vain, envious, base, vindictive, and prone to insanity. He had claimed he did not have the means to be independent, but Razumihin managed— he simply turned sulky and refused, sitting around in his room and doing nothing. He just lay there, thinking, until he began to fancy that— but he cuts himself off again, saying that's not it either. He had decided that men are stupid, that it's in their nature, and that it isn't worth the wasted effort to try and change them, that the man who is strong in mind and spirit— must take power over them. Raskolnikov looks at Sonia, but the fever has taken hold of him, and he no longer cares if she understands or not. Sonia observes that this gloomy creed has become his faith. He goes on to say that he had divined that a man only has to dare, and that he wanted to have the daring, so he killed her. Sonia tells him to hush, saying God has smitten him, and he has gone to the devil. He says he knows it was the devil, that he has whispered it all to himself in the dark, that he kept wanting to forget it, and stop thinking, and make a new beginning. He knew, for example, that if he began asking himself whether a Napoleon would have done it, that meant he wasn't a Napoleon. He longed to murder without casuistry, to throw off the burden of ideas, and to do it for himself alone. It wasn't for money, or his mother, or mankind. It was for himself. He wanted to find out whether he was a man or a louse, whether he could step over barriers, whether he had the right. Sonia clasps her hands, saying, To kill? Raskolnikov tells her irritably not to interrupt him, and says he only wanted to tell her that the devil led him on, and has since shown him that he is a louse, like all the rest. He says that he did not murder the old woman, it was the devil who murdered her, and he murdered only himself. He cries to her in agony to let him be. A wail of anguish breaks from her as she observes his suffering— he asks her in despair what he is to do. She jumps up with shining eyes, seizes him by the shoulder, and tells him to kiss the earth he defiled, and then bow down to all men and say, I am a murderer. Then God will send him life again.
He asks if she means he must give himself up and go to Siberia, and she says he must suffer and expiate his sins by it. He says he will not do it. She asks how he can go on living if he doesn't. He cannot abide the idea of confessing his crime to knaves and scoundrels, or of admitting that he hid the money under a stone and enduring their laughter. He declares that they don't deserve it, and he won't do it. She holds out her hands and says despairingly that it will be too much for him to bear, and he says haughtily that maybe he has been unfair to himself, and that perhaps he will get used to it. He says that the police are after him, but that they have no real evidence, and even if they do arrest him, they cannot convict him. He tells her he will try to put it to his mother and sister in a way that won't frighten them, and reassures her that their future is now secure. He asks if she will come see him in prison, and she declares she will. He realizes how great is her love for him, and it feels burdensome to be so loved. He had longed for her to relieve his suffering, and now that she had, he felt immeasurably unhappier than before. He tells her she should not come to see him in prison. She offers him her cross, taking for herself the one that had belonged to Lizaveta. He refuses it, saying, Not now, Sonia. Better later. She tells him to put it on when he is ready to meet his suffering, and they will go together. At that moment, there is a knock at the door, and Mr. Lebziatnikov appears. <laughs>